Those are two good songs together. That song you played, Hannah, wasn't that more than wonderful? Okay. Oh, I like that song. And I like the one we just sang. And I'm a mess and I haven't even started preaching yet. Uh. <laughs> ah. You know what? I appreciate the music around this place. I do. I really do. It ministers to my soul. I don't know if you get it or not, but uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing and I appreciate it. All right, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy is where we're going to start. We're going to be looking at several different scriptures this morning. So we're going to look at a, at a subject. Um, this week was Thanksgiving week. I did not preach a Thanksgiving message on, on last Sunday. And I, I, this one is, but it's, it's, uh, it's a Thanksgiving message through the back door a little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to look at something that can really affect our hearts. You say, yeah, but Thanksgiving's over. Uh, listen, folks, Thanksgiving's never over for, for a Christian. Amen? Uh, never. It's never over. And uh, we need to remember that, that, uh, that that's something we ought to be doing on a daily basis, and not just with our lips, but really with our heart, is giving thanks to God. But uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm going to be looking, we're going to be looking at a particular phrase, and this is the first time, first mention, uh, that this phrase pops up in Scripture, and that we're going to be looking at several other times that it pops up as well. Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's stand together, if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verses 11 down through 14. Verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be with your people this morning. It's, uh, it's good, Lord, to be able to sing songs of praise to our God and Father, uh, our heart uh, needs to be growing consistently and constantly in love for our, our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, our, our heart is a valuable commodity in the respect that if we don't keep it, it'll go in the wrong direction. And uh, Lord, uh, we'll be taking a look at something this morning that can happen to our hearts, and it's happened already. It's happened to every single one of us more times than we want to we want to even think about or discuss. But God, I pray that you'd help us to be reminded again this morning of how easy it is for this thing to happen and uh, how easy it is for our love for Jesus Christ to drift. And it always drifts when this takes place and our thankfulness dies out. So God, I pray that you would just watch over the uh, the the uh, service the, the remainder of the service this morning watch watch over the the uh, the hearts of people father I pray our hearts will be open to you this morning and that as you speak to us we'll respond to you for it's in Jesus name that we pray all God's people said amen, amen. you may be seated the verse I want to 
bring to your attention, well, first of all, let me just give you a little background. Deuteronomy is a book, uh, the, the, the last commands, I suppose, that God is giving to Israel through Moses. Moses was not going to go into the promised land with him, but uh, because of an incident that took place where, where he lost that, that uh, privilege. But they were, going, they were getting ready to go in, and he's warning them because he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming down the pipe. He knows they're going to go to the promised land. He knows that uh, God knows that he's going to give them victory. He knows that they are going to have it hand over a fist once they get there. And they're going to have abundance like they're not used to, like they've never had in their lives. Remember, too, that, that uh, who he's speaking to here is a very ungrateful people. Um, all the time they were in the wilderness, find me a place where they really spent a lot of time giving thanks to God. What they really spent a lot of time doing was grumbling and complaining. They spent a lot of time uh, criticizing Moses and Aaron. They spent a lot of time saying, well, here's another, here, here's another fine mess you got us into, you know, when they, when they don't have water or they don't have food or whatever it might be. And uh, they just really, if you want to categorize the children of Israel in the wilderness, it's they, they grumbled and complained rather than give thanks for what God had done for them. And... Uh, uh, one of the things that I've, that I've seen over the years is that one of the greatest enemies of gratitude is a lifted up heart, a heart that lifts itself up. Look down at verse 14. It's, it says, he says, after you get all this, after I've given you victory, I've given you spoil, I've given you more than you've ever had before in your lives, it says, then thine heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, the very person that, that, that gave them all that they had is what they, they would lift their heart up and away from. And they start thinking that, it, 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 that they accomplished those things themselves. They would forget uh, God and they were, would forget what all God has delivered them from. Uh, we, need to be, we need to be constantly on guard uh, uh, for a lifted up heart. And one of the ways a heart gets lifted up is we just forget. You know, in America, as American Christians, we have really terrible memories. And I don't, I don't mean about where you put your glasses and, and uh, where your car keys are, uh, although we have a bad memory for that too. Uh, but we, we have a very bad memory of remembering what God did for us. And uh, the truth of the matter is, I don't, I don't even want to think where I'd be today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I can't imagine what my life would be like if he hadn't saved me when I was 17 years old. And sometimes, and I know we've got, we've got, we've got a myriad of folks here this morning. We've got some folks that were saved as children. We've got some folks that were saved as teenagers. We've got some folks that were saved in their 20s and 30s and, and then later in life. Uh, what, what we need to, to remember is what God did for us and what he saved us from. Those of you that got saved as children, you ought to just praise God you didn't have to go through the muck and the mire in, in your lives. 
And uh, uh, you know, sometimes we look at someone who's been through the buck and the mire and say, well, they got a, they got a better testimony because of all that God delivered them from. I got news, God delivers children when they get saved young from that same stuff. You just don't ever have to see it. You don't ever have to experience it. Aren't you glad for that? And some of you that got saved young are shaking your head like that. Yeah, praise the Lord, man, that's good. That's, that's a blessing. But we should never forget what God has done for us. And if we start to forget, we start lifting up our hearts. And, uh, and we, we, we just uh, forget about all the, all the good things that God has done. Look in chapter, uh, same book, chapter 17. We're just going to look through some verses that have to do with a lifted up heart this morning. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, look down in verse, verse 20, if you would. Actually, this is dealing, this is dealing with uh, when um, God saw way back then that eventually um, Israel was going to want and desire a king. And so he's there, God is just saying, listen, when you do install a king, and you probably will, you shouldn't, but you probably will, uh, when you do that, uh, let me give you some instructions. And in verse 18 says, And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of the law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren." And that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Um, the kings were supposed to read the word of the Lord. They were supposed to read it daily. And they were supposed to uh, make sure that they, they kept it and that they were obedient to God. Uh, and God did not want the kings to think that they were better than anyone else. If you notice in verse 20, uh, it says, um, first part of the verse says that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren. Now, yes, he's king, but God's saying, yeah, he has that position, but you're no better. And you start thinking that you're better and what you're going to do is you're going to start straying from the commandments. You're going to start being disobedient. And uh, you need to protect yourself from that. Uh, protect yourself from a lifted up heart. You'll, you'll turn from doing right. It'll, and, and then he goes on in that, in that same verse. And at the end it says, to the end that he may prolong his days in the kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. When, when, as parents, when we get lifted up hearts, you don't see it, but eventually that tremendously affects your children. When you start thinking you're somebody, when you start uh, allowing pride to well up in your heart, uh, then, then it not only affects yourself and it affects your relationship with God, but it gets passed on to your children. 
I, I am convinced that we do more than just pass on commands to our children. You know what else we pass on? We pass on a spirit. We pass on a spirit. We pass on attitudes, okay? And when our hearts are lifted up, listen, I'll tell you something, and I, I, I've noticed this over the years. It's, it, it's, it's very easy to see. Kids can, can see a hypocrite a mile away. Kids can tell when we're faking it. Kids can tell when we think we're somebody. They, they see, it seems like the younger they are, that because, because uh, they haven't gotten involved in all the junk that we've gotten involved yet, they have clearer eyesight, I guess, and they can see that kind of thing. And when our hearts start to get lifted up, one of the first ones to pick up on it are our children, whether they do it consciously or unconsciously, makes no difference. They pick up on it, and it, it, it definitely affects them. It'll affect you. It'll affect your, your children. Go to 2 uh, Kings chapter 14. Second Kings chapter 14. And this is speaking of the life of one of the kings of Israel. <clears throat> and that king was Amaziah. Amaziah, it was, was said over in 2 Chronicles 25.2, said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. And we'll, we'll talk about what that, what that means here in just a moment. But in 2 Kings 14, look in verses 1 through 3. 2 Kings 14, verse 1. In the second year of, of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel... Uh, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. He was 20 and five years old when he began to reign, and reigned 20 and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father. He did according to all things as Joash his father did. Then you drop down to verse, uh, verse 9. In verse 9 it says, And Jehoash, the king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, uh, sent to the, to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, uh, Give thy daughter to my son to wife. And there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trod down the thistle. Thou hast indeed smitten Edom, and thine heart hath lifted thee up. Gl glory of this, and tarry at home, for why shouldest thou meddle to thy hurt, that thou shouldest fall, even thou and Judah with thee? But Amaziah would not hear. Therefore Jehoash, king of Israel, went up, and he and Amaziah, king of, of Judah, looked one another in the face at Beth Shemesh, which belongeth to Judah. And Judah was put to the worse before Israel, and they fled every man to their tents. It says that Amaziah lifted up his heart. He did not listen to the advice and the counsel of others. He did things that were right, but he didn't do it with a heart like David. What kind of a heart did David have? Well, you go to the book of Acts in the New Testament, and the book of Acts tells us that, 
that uh, David was a man after God's own heart. Now, does that mean that David did everything right? We already know the answer to that. If you've read your Bible, you know David did some things that were a real mess. But he had a heart that was leaning toward God. He had a heart that loved the Lord. And that was the difference between him and Amaziah. They both did right. They both tried to be good, righteous kings. But the difference is, is that David loved God. And David had a heart that was inclined to God. And by the way, that's, that's what a perfect heart is. A perfect heart is just one that loves God and wants to please Him. It does not mean a sinless heart. It means, it means that you just love the Lord. You know, we, we, we use this, this phrase, and after I say this, I catch it, catch myself saying it, I catch other people saying it. You know, well, you know, brother, nobody's perfect. Your heart ought to be. And that doesn't mean sinless. But it ought to love God. And it ought to want to please God more than any other person on the face of this earth. And if, if you have that spirit, if you have that heart attitude, if you have that affection toward God, Bible says, the Bible says, I didn't say it, God says, you've got a perfect heart. Uh, but because he lifted up his heart, because Amaziah's heart was lifted up, he, he, couldn't, he wouldn't take counsel, he wouldn't take advice, and he wouldn't take reproof. And, and you notice it says that he suffered, but not only did he suffer, but others suffered with him. In other words, the people that he led and the people that he was responsible for and the people that were around him suffered. When you allow your heart to get lifted up, it doesn't just hurt you. It doesn't just hurt God. It also hurts other people because of the repercussions of, of your, your heart attitude. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles 26. Second Chronicles 26, we read about a, another king, and this king's name was Uzziah. And uh, I remember years ago seeing a sketch. It was, it was put on kind of like a play. And it was, uh, uh, it was put on by uh, Lester Roloff and, and his uh, homes. He, he, was, he was a preacher. He was pastor of a church. He was an evangelist. But he also had boys and girls homes. He really loved kids and uh, wanted to help those that were either struggling and having problems or, uh, uh, you know, just difficulties at home. And he would work with those that were, were, uh, were the tough cases and uh, try to bring them to Jesus Christ and turn them around. Well, the state did not like, the state of Texas did not like Lester Roloff sticking his nose into what they thought was their business, uh, taking care of those kids. Of course, their, their, their rate of success was extremely bad. And his rate of success, the Lord's rate of success, was extremely good. And that, that didn't help things at all. So, so uh, they, they came in and, and uh, tried to, in fact, they did close him down a couple of times. And uh, he put out a video, and I'll never forget the video. It had to do with Uzziah, where Uzziah went uh, in and tried to make a sacrifice. And the whole point of the... Of the uh, 
uh, video was, and of that little sketch was that, listen, Uzziah's going and doing something that's not his business to do. Uh, he's the king. He's not a priest. The priest is not supposed to rule like a king, but the king is not supposed to offer sacrifices like the priest. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, and of course that was, a, that was an implication of, you know, when government overreaches and goes in, into the churches. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Government overreaching and going into the churches? By the way, this last week, the Supreme Court basically told New York, keep your hands off of churches and synagogues and mosques and let them run their business. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm excited about that. Get, get Uzziah out of there. Um, but uh, look with me in verse 16. It says, but when he was strong, that's Uzziah, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. See why it's so important what we're looking at this, this morning? A lifted up heart can not only hurt you, it can destroy you. It can totally decimate your service for God and your influence. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. He, he was going to go in and burn some incense and make a sacrifice that way. And uh, God said, look, you've got no business in there. And the reason why he did it was because his heart was lifted up. He got confident. He got proud in his strength. And it says when he got strong, when he got strong, that's when he began to fall. Be careful. Be careful of physical strength. Be careful of physical health. Be careful of, of, uh, uh, of uh, promotions at work. Be careful of accumulating goods. Be careful of uh, gaining all kinds of wisdom and education. Those, those things can be good in and of themselves as long as they're the right kind. But when you get strong personally, be careful because that's when you can get ready to fall. That's why the Apostle Paul said in, in uh, first, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, when I am weak, then am I strong. Because when you're weak, God uses that weakness to humble you. When you're strong, and that doesn't mean it's wrong to be strong. It's not wrong at all. We've just got to have the right attitude about it. And he got confident. He got proud and he got cocky. And he stepped out of his place. What he did was because he lifted up his heart, he started sticking his nose into other people's business. You know, what, you know what a busybody's real problem is? You know what a gossiper's real problem is? You know what a, a person who constantly wants to talk about somebody else's problems or brings you bad news continually about someone else who has had a problem or a difficulty, you know what their problem is? They think too much of themselves. And if you listen to it, so do you. So do you. Uh, we step out of the place that we are in and stick our feet, and usually our noses, into other people's business. That's what happens when our heart gets lifted up. Go with me to chapter 32, same book. Let's go over to chapter 32. And this is speaking about King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was one of the good kings of Judah. 
And uh, King Hezekiah did a lot of good things. But at, at, toward, he was getting toward the end of his life, and he got sick. And he asked the Lord to give him some more time. And God gave him 15 more years. If you read through that, that, uh, that account, that story, uh, you'll find that he would have been better to die of that sickness. Because in those 15 years, he did not do much uh, in a positive way for the Lord. And he actually fell backwards. And here's the reason why he did. Look at verse 24. Verse, uh, verses 24 through 26. In those days, Hezekiah was sick to the death and prayed unto the Lord and he spake unto him and he gave him a sign. He gave him 15 more years. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, there was Judah and Jerusalem Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. Eventually, he, he did do right. Uh, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Uh, he did not give thanks and he did not give glory to God for what God did for him. Uh, according to... According to uh, Verse uh, 25, it says, But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. In other words, God did much for him, and he did not respond properly to those blessings. Um, you know, you can't, be, you, just, you can't be thankful when you're full of yourself. You can't be thankful when your heart is lifted up. And he did not do what he should have done because of, of the way that God benefited him, because of the way that, that God was good to him. He should have, in turn, first of all, been a blessing to God and praised him all over the place. And second of all, he should have showed mercy and, and, and been a blessing to others. But instead, he really messed things up and he messed them up bad. He decided afterwards to allow uh, the Babylonians to come in and look at his house and all of his riches, to look in the temple and, and see all of the riches that, that were there and to see how, how they were blessed. The, the indication I get from that whole thing is that, is that Hezekiah wanted them to see what he had, not what God had given them, but what he had. And in other words, he did not render, because of the benefits that were given, he did not render them back to God, and he was, did not speak to God of, other, or speak of God to others, and he wasn't a blessing to other people. He, he, he didn't do what he should have done. God gave him 15 years, and pride ruined him. And uh, uh, in, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. You don't need to turn there. Just let me give it to you. It says, For unto whom much is given, much shall be required. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Uh, he was given 15 years. Really, you think about it. Um, next year, I turn 70. I wouldn't mind having 85 years after that. Or you're not 85 years. I don't want 85 years. <laughs> Up to 85 years, 15 years, okay? 
I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be 120 and still pastor in this church. Forget it. Uh, but uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, it, it'd be good if God, if God gives you more time. But if He does, what are you going to do with it? You know, what, what are you going to render unto God because of the benefit? Well, here's the thing: God's been good to you. He's been a blessing to you. He really has. I don't care who you are. I could say that without flinching to every person in this congregation this morning. God has really been good to you. He's really been good to me. What are we rendering to him? What are we rendering to others? We've received mercy. Have we passed on mercy? We've received patience. Have we passed on patience? We've received truth. Have we passed on truth? Uh, you've received a lot of love. God's, God's loved you with an everlasting love. What have you passed on? What are you doing with what God has done for you? And, what, and I'm not even talking about talents and abilities and all that kind of thing. That's kind of a given too. But, but, but the truth is, is that God has been good to you. What are you rendering unto God and others for the benefits that have been given to you? Well, if you don't, the reason why you don't is because your heart gets lifted up. And when your heart gets lifted up, you for, forget just how good God has been to you. Look with me at, a, at another example of a lifted up heart. Go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28 ought to ring a bell with you because this is not only talking about the king of Cyrus, but in type it's also talking about, and further on down in the explanation, it's, it's talking about Satan himself. It's talking about Lucifer in his fall because the king of Tyrus was not in the Garden of Eden. It was, it was uh, Lucifer who was in the Garden of Eden. But uh, look with me in, in Ezekiel 28, and, and here he is talking about the king of Tyrus. In verses 2 through 6, it says this. It says, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel, there is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding thou hast gotten thee riches, and has gotten gold and silver unto thy treasure. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God. Now this is the king of, of Tyrus, and he had some wrong responses to all the blessings that God had given him. God had given him wisdom. And uh, he began to act like he was God. What's that? Well, that, that's calling the shots. You start calling your own shots rather than being submissive to God because you think you've got the wisdom that you need. Uh, he uh, uh, did not depend upon the Lord for direction. And then he got riches and his, his heart lifted up. And then he got, because he, he had beauty, he had some, some physical attractiveness to it, to it. Many of us don't have to worry about that, amen? But, but he did. 
And you know what I've been, I, I've kind of seen over the years? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's almost a blessing to, to be a little bit on the ugly side. And uh, there was this, <laughs> you have to forgive me here for a minute, but there was a song that I remember, remember hearing when I was a kid. And I'm not, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I'll, I'll give you some of the words. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Here, from my personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I remember listening to that song thinking it's all funny. But afterwards, after I got saved, I thought, you know, there's some, there's some biblical truth to that in this respect. Uh, a person with a lot of beauty has a tendency to also have a real fight with pride. A real fight with pride. And that was the situation. He, he had wisdom, he had riches, and he had beauty. But here's the thing. You look at all three of those things, he didn't get them because of him. He got those because of God. He got his, his physical looks because of God. You, you know, what, what you have today, you have, and what I have today, we have because God gave it to us. If you have some wisdom, it's not because you're, you know, the sharpest tool in the drawer. It's because God gave it to you. And when you start thinking it's you instead of God, then your heart gets lifted up. And you, you, you start treading on real dangerous ground. Go with me over to Daniel chapter 5. You're in Ezekiel. Next book is Daniel. Daniel chapter 5. And look at verse 20. Daniel chapter 5, verse 20. And this is speaking about Nebuchadnezzar. It says, But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride. Boy, there's a sentence for you. There's a phrase for you. When, you, when your heart gets lifted up, your mind gets hardened in pride. He was dis, he deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him his mind hardened in pride because his heart was lifted up what is that that's stubbornness that's stubbornness first samuel chapter 15 and verse 23 says stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry and if you if you check out the rest of the chapter you find out that he rejected the words of god and he rejected the instruction of god and he took credit for all that he had accomplished and he didn't listen to God, and he didn't listen to others. And he didn't do those things because his heart was lifted up. His heart was lifted up. Well, these are all verses that have to do with a, a lifted up heart. We're all susceptible to it. There's not a person in here that isn't vulnerable to starting to lift up your heart and start to be filled with some pride. So the question is, okay, how do I not go there? I don't want to go there. I don't want to affect my children. I don't want to affect others. Uh, I don't want to bring reproach upon the name of God. I don't want to be like Hezekiah the last 15 years of my life being an absolute train wreck rather than a blessing just simply because my heart was lifted up. So what are some things we can do to prevent a lifted up heart? I got seven things, but they're going to go quick. So let me give them to you. Number one, Remember specific things that God did for you and be thankful. When I say remember them, I mean talk about them. 
I mean, discuss them with your family. Not just the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a wonderful time, and I love it. But throughout the year, you ought to be remembering what God did for you and the blessings that God was to you. I, I got such a thrill on, on uh, Tuesday, this last Tuesday night. If you weren't in the service, you missed it. You really did. Um, I love our Thanksgiving services, but particularly Tuesday night. And, and I guess the reason why I was really touched is because I heard young people saying, I'm thankful for, and they, they went deep, some of these kids. I mean, they did. Right, Aaron? Did you, did you catch it? I am sure you did, because uh, uh, you work with young people. And, and I, man, I got a blessing from that. I thought, man, these kids are paying attention. And if, if you'll pay attention to the blessings, your heart won't get lifted up. Second thing, well, don't allow an attitude to take over and maintain a tender heart toward God. Um, you, you just, you know, it's easy to, to let an attitude grab a hold of you and like an attitude of of uh, anger or an attitude of bitterness or an attitude just an attitude of irritation and again okay we're in covid okay i don't think it's going to get better I, I you know eventually it will uh but i got a feeling it's going to get worse before it gets better and you see a lot of these uh democratic uh governors and <laughs> we have one of them uh and uh, uh, they look at, at the uh, probable election of Joe Biden as president, and I think they feel empowered. And so they're clamping down, and they're clamping down hard. Okay, well, uh, don't allow yourself to get an attitude over it. You know the, you know the tr reality of the thing? As Americans, okay, we're all part of this thing together, okay? We're all part of it. As Americans, do we deserve better than that? No, we really don't. And honestly, I believe in, in our elections, we, we usually get exactly what we deserve. And I think we got it. I think we got it. Uh, I don't mean that as a political speech, but I'm just telling you that uh, there's some things coming, I, I'm afraid, coming down the pipe. Here's what I'm afraid of. You know, and, and this happens every time we walk into this church building. The first thing we talk about is about the restrictions and the COVID. And, the, and I, I catch myself doing that too. You know what? That does not help your spirit toward God. It does not help your spirit toward others. It doesn't. It doesn't help mine. I'm not saying you can't ever talk about it. Man, that shouldn't be the first thing out of our lips. First thing out of our lips ought to be how good God's been to us this, this week. And you know what? Th that was the thing that I, I got straight across the board on Tuesday night. Yes, we've had COVID. Yes, we, you know, we've been going through this for eight months. Yes, we were shut down for I don't know how many weeks. Um, and and uh, we, had, we had things happen. But God is good. Boy, that was a blessing to hear that. Don't you know that God was in heaven on Tuesday night saying, mm, 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 that's as sweet to my ears. These folks have had problems. They've had irritations. You know, it's not persecution, not yet. I think it's coming, but it's not here yet. And uh, he, he says, mm, 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 they're still praising me. God enjoys that. Don't, don't allow an attitude to take over. Uh, and affect your heart. Number three, be obedient to what you know is right. 
you know, honestly, we don't need to learn more. We just need to take what we already know and be obedient to it and do what God's told us to do. Number four, seek and take advice. Take counsel. Take rebuke. And do it with a, with a good attitude. Uh, that'll keep your heart in the right place and it'll keep it down. It'll keep you humble. Uh, number, number five, stay in your place and mind your own business. Can I tell you something? You got enough to take care of in your own backyard. <laughs> I've got enough to take care of in my own backyard. I don't need to be sticking my nose into somebody else's. Number six, use what you've been given for God and others. You haven't been given it to you for you. You've been given it to you for God and others. Now, God does, does expect you to get blessings from it. I understand that. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying take everything you've got and sell it and, and uh, you know, uh, go live in poverty. But, but what I am saying is, is God get, has given to you what he's given, what, whatever it is, whether it's things, whether it's, whether it's talents, abilities, just the life he's given to you. It's not just so you can live your life for you. It's so you can live life, first of all, for him, second of all, for others. And then number seven, give God praise and glory for what you've been given. It's not you. It's God. And don't ever forget that it's God. Pride prevents praise, and pride prevents thankfulness to God. Thanksgiving is more than a holiday that takes place once a year in America. Thanksgiving ought to be a way of life, but we won't give proper thanks, and we won't give proper praise to Him if our hearts get lifted up. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you this morning for a reminder of how susceptible we are. You know, we just read about great kings. I mean, kings and, and people that had, in a lot of ways, much more character than this preacher's got, much more character than many of us have and yet they allowed their hearts to get lifted up now lord uh, hezekiah did, did pretty much throughout his life there were some times he stumbled but he he did right he tried to do right uh, amaziah did that which was right in the sight of the lord but he didn't do it with a perfect heart because his heart got lifted up Lord, that could be us, and maybe it already is us. We don't even see it. I pray, Father, you'd show it to us this morning. I pray, Father, that we'd be honest before you. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that all of us would have a desire, and that's a desire to be a blessing to our God, to render unto you uh, because of the benefits that you've given to us. You've been good. I mean, if, if, if all, again, if all we could say is if we were just, we're saved and delivered from hell, isn't that enough right there just to spend all eternity praising you? But you've not only done that, you've done so much more on top of that. And uh, God, I pray that you would show us if there's even just a little hint of a lifted up heart, and uh, God help us to determine and 
dedicate to you some things that we're going to do, start right now, in order to prevent that heart from going in the wrong direction. Bless this invitation. Have your will and way. God, if there's anyone that is under the sound of my voice this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, can, I think I can say pretty confidently that usually the reason why a person doesn't trust Christ is because their heart's lifted up. We have to get we have to have to get humbled before we can get saved. We need to realize that our sin is great. And we're heading for hell. And the only way we can go to heaven is by saying, "I can't do anything, but you've done it all." And that takes a humble heart, not a lifted up heart. I pray that you you would work on the hearts of anyone that might be under the sound of my voice this morning that's not saved that they might realize they need to cry out to you for mercy and trust you as Savior. God, just have your will, have your way in this invitation. We'll be careful to turn right around and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.